Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome everyone to Money Over 50. Today's topic is why 99% of people shouldn't have a self-managed super fund or SMSF. I'm Michael Hogue. I'm here with Dallas Davison. Dallas. Thanks, Michael. Um, this is a, one we see fairly frequently. Uh, basically, the reason we actually wanted to talk about this is because we see self-managed super funds used in a lot of situations where they're just not appropriate, or more accurately, they're really just not required. And that's kind of the, the, the way that I think of it, is that a self-managed super fund is an extra burden on top of a retail super fund or industry super fund. So unless you're actually getting some benefit out of it, there's really no advantage having a self-managed super fund. So that's, I guess, why why the title, why 99% of people shouldn't have one, is that in most cases, unless there's a good reason for it, you just don't need one. Very good point. So the um, the biggest problem that we see with the self-managed super fund is the extra cost burden and and the and the complexity. So so time is money as well. So there is quite a a level of complexity from uh, paperwork and and um, the members, as in um, mum and dad, who are usually the, 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 the owners of the self-managed super fund, the trustees and the members, um, it falls upon them to actually complete a lot of that paperwork. Um, look, I know what I'm like with my life outside of work and I'm hopeless. So, mail stays unopened at my house for, hey, just, for months and months and months. You just forgot your wife's birthday, didn't you? So I did. I, I forgot my wife's that. birthday just yesterday. So, so uh, look, I, I'm, I'm extremely professional at work, um, but other parts of my life fall down, and we see that with a lot of a lot of people as well. So, there's significant penalties if you don't meet your trustee obligations, yeah. and um, and cost from a cost point of view. Look, um, Australian Securities Investments Commission has done a study and they've, they've said that there's an additional, on average, um, running costs, and that would be taxation uh, return, audit that's required uh, each and every year, and, and various other compliance costs, somewhere in the vicinity of about $3,595 per year. Um, and then on top of that, you still have your normal investment management yeah, costs. That, that's a good point, isn't it? As you were saying there, Michael, the, the complexity in terms of the extra compliance and the extra costs that, you, that you've just broken down, that's just to, to have the actual, I guess, the shell of the, of the self-managed super fund set up. You still have all the same, the same issues of um, you know, what are you going to invest into within there. And that's, that's I guess, the, a part of it is that what we see a lot is people kind of think of a self-managed super fund is useful in and of itself. It's really just the structure that you're trying to own those investments through. So um, that is, I guess, to, to, to look at it from the other perspective, one of the advantages of the self-managed super fund is that you've got um, 
some more options or access to some certain asset classes that you that you can't um, that you can't own through a retail industry fund. Um, the most common one we see there is is I guess real property, so commercial residential um, property. Um, there's there's a few other advantages uh, in terms of a bit of extra control of your investment strategy, control of your tax planning, and potentially some economies of scale once you start to get over sort of a million dollars or more in super. But for most people, the reason they've got the reality is the reason they've got a self-managed super fund is because they want to uh, either buy property through it or they think they want more uh, control of the decisions uh, of that. And, and that then, I guess, is a whole separate issue is, are those, are those investment options the right choice for them? And, and it kind of seems to be one where people put the cart before the horse. They go, I want a self-managed super fund. Right, I'll set it up. I've got this fund now. I'm in charge of it. Now what am I going to buy? I'll buy a, a house or I'll buy something through there without really thinking, do I need the self-managed super fund to, to make the decisions that I want to make? Yeah, that's right. And with control um, comes obligation as well. So yeah. that you, you then have the obligation of actually making the decision, the correct decisions or hopefully the correct decisions. Yeah. And and with that comes a lot of time that you need to put into that. So um, my thoughts are that you, you want to invest uh, for, for lifestyle. Um, you want your investments to eventually be paying you a, a tax-free income and you can go off traveling and, and doing whatever you want in retirement, leading up to retirement. Um, look, if you're a specialist, which many of our clients are specialists, you get paid a lot more by doing right. that thing that you're uh, that you you're a specialist in, yeah. going to work, um, as opposed to being a professional yeah. fund manager of your own self-managed superannuation fund. Um, look, uh, really, th- th- there are other reasons why you would have one, but but the only the main reason I can think of, if you are a self-employed person and you do want to buy your business premises out of that uh, you can use the equity that you have in your self-managed super fund to help buy the business premises so you do have control from a from an aspect then of um, your your business is the tenant and your self-managed super fund can buy the property that you operate out of now um, you have some assurance there because obviously you're probably not going to leave as the tenant um, given that you run the business in this case and you also are a member of the self-managed super fund that has in this case bought the property so there is some control there um uh that's that's the main reason yeah one of the things to be careful of is that we see um many property spruikers and developers um uh, seeing someone's superannuation fund as uh, and equity means to, to sell them a property. Yeah. So they often have related parties that they that people initially believe are independent, yeah. recommending that they set up a self-managed super fund to buy this specific property in that specific development. Yeah. Um, look, if you hear any recommendations like that, um, run, run, don't run. run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you do right. And you can understand why, why it's a, I guess, it's an easy sell or it's a it's something that that people do because generally you've got your you know you might have built up some super with q super or sun super or whoever and you just haven't looked at it for 20 30 years 
and then someone says, oh, you know, you've, you're, you're not really working that money as hard as you can or you shouldn't, you know, you haven't really, you're not really doing anything with it. Um, here, you should come and buy this property off me instead so I get a 10 grand kickback or something like that. But what, uh, what I'd, I guess the way I'd think about that is they're probably making a valid point, which is you've got that money that's in superannuation in your QSuper or SunSuper account. You do want to make sure that money's working hard for you. You do want to make sure that it, it's getting the best return that you can. The answer is not to go and um, you know buy buy the property off the spruker. The answer is to actually look at okay, well that money that I've got in super, how is it invested? How should it be invested now? And how should it be invested moving forward to make sure that I really do use it? But it's again, it's not a matter of putting the cart before the horse and going. I need to set up a self-managed super fund to make those decisions. It's actually it's actually very easy to to change the investment strategy of your super fund um, within QSuper or SunSuper, whoever you, you use or whoever is the best fit for you. It doesn't need to go into a self-managed super fund. Most of the time for, for our sort of uh, clients, there's really the types of investments that we're recommending for them just don't need a self-managed super fund. It's, it's not normally that technical. Um, like you say, the case study that, that, that we tend to see where a self-managed super fund does work well and is sort of required is if you're self-employed and you really do want to buy your own commercial property. Even in that case, you'd still need to look at, is that, is that appropriate for, for me and is that the best use of my retirement savings, um, aka my money in super? Um, the, the only other time that we, that we see a self-managed super fund as, as not a detriment basically is, is once you start getting into the very high balances you know, over say a couple of million dollars in super, it can sometimes be slightly cheaper. But basically up until that point, uh, for the types of investments that we'd normally recommend for our clients, it's just not, not required, not appropriate and, and no great advantage to it. That's correct. And I've done just a quick analysis on um, a half a million dollar balance. So many listeners today uh, would have in the vicinity together yeah. um, half a million dollars in in um, their joint superannuation funds. So um, ASIC, as I said before, the Australian Securities Investment Commission uh, undertook a, a study last year in 2018 where the average running cost was $3,595 yeah. for auditing, taxation, and compliance of a self-managed super fund. Yeah. Then on top of that, <coughs> uh, investment management costs, and that's um, you know, the, the specific investments that you're invested into, yeah. around $2,500. And I'm being lean here. Um, these are probably the bottom end of the, of the yeah. scale. So you add those two together, you've got 6000 a bit over $6,000 of costs yeah. on a $500,000 fund. Yeah. Um, now, alternatively, through a, a, a good retail or industry fund, uh, you could have that $500,000 invested without the self-managed super fund and, and pay um, with the right index style investments, and that's a, a very low cost way of investing and diversifying, you could have a cost down to $2,500. So there's a big cost saving there from $6,000 to $2,500. Yeah. And that compounds over time. So, uh, I mean, in that in that scenario, um, you know, you're looking at three and a half thousand dollars of cost savings every year. Over ten years, um, that's 
yeah. cost savings quite simply there of $35,000. However, it, it turns into more like $50,000 of extra balance if yeah. you save those costs yeah. over 10 years through compounding. So yeah, um, yeah there, there, there are economies of scale as your self-managed fund gets larger, of course, because some of those costs are fixed, but um, there's, there's, still, there's still a big cost saving yeah. to, to not having a self-managed super fund. And that's, I guess, the, the way that I kind of think of it, and it's probably not a bad place to, to wrap up, is that the reality of it is we, we initially thought about recording this and, and had all sorts of detail and the rest of it, but at the end of the day, a self-managed super fund is an extra layer of cost and an extra layer of complexity. If someone recommends that you, that you have one, they need to be able to clearly explain why it's more suitable. So mm-hmm. as you just said, Michael, there's there's you know an extra three and a half thousand dollars worth of cost. There's an extra compliance burden on people who probably got better things they want to be doing with their time. So if you if someone tells you that you need one or that you should have one, they really need to be able to, to show you where is the value add in having that self managed super fund. And if not, it's it's probably not suitable. Great point of finish on. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.